Hello, I'm Alice Strange, and this is Magic in the Mind podcast, where psychology and spirituality intersect. I am so glad you are all here, and I want to thank my supporters as the podcast's reach is growing more than ever. I do have a couple things I'd like to let you all know about. I have an Instagram for the podcast. I always put the link down in the description. It's been there since the beginning, but now I'm utilizing my own personal account to also work for my business. And the business is called Strange Insights by Alice Strange. And I'm just so excited to share this with you. The website will be launching soon and I will be offering different types of readings for you all or whoever. And I do hope that you check it out. The Instagram will have more about me and my personal life on it. So if that interests you, if you want to kind of step into my weird, witchy, gardeny stuff, uh, you can go to strangeinsights.alicestrange on Instagram. All just like one word put together with the dot in the middle. Or you can just click the link in the description. It'll be there. With that out of the way, today we are talking about reincarnation, the history, the different traditions, and modern beliefs. I feel like this is something so many people believe in, really kind of no matter what they identify as spiritually or religiously, and it's probably way more common than you think. So let's go ahead and jump right in and get some learning going. So reincarnation. Many people in the spiritual sphere believe in reincarnation, but it's not very often something you hear the specifics about and what really reincarnation entails in each person's own way that they see it. And so, you know, I think it's worth talking about, but without knowing all the history and where the beliefs come from, I feel like we can be a little off on that. I think knowing the history is very important. So I will talk about modern use and belief of reincarnation, but first we're going to cover the history. The main religions that people think about when reincarnation is brought up, um, this would be things like Hinduism, uh, Jainism, Buddhism, and Sikhism. Those are the big ones. And all of these belief systems include the belief in karma. And if you need a definition for karma, like what they mean in their tradition, it literally translates to the word act. And it's a law of cause and effect stating that what you do in this life will affect you in your future reincarnations. It's also important to note that there are many First Nations and Inuit people who also have traditions of reincarnation. And the number I was able to find is over 500 distinct tribes of indigenous peoples of North America. And of course, there are 500 distinct tribes. They've all got their own beliefs. They've all got you know, their own thing going on. So we're going to talk about it in very broad strokes. I cannot cover all of the beliefs, but I will point out important things and, and we'll talk about it in broad strokes. Plus 
I am not an expert. I don't belong to any of these belief systems and I don't really feel like it's my place to tell their stories, but I will report a little bit of research that has been done about these people and their beliefs. So some tribes believed one soul can incarnate into more than one body and some believe it can incarnate in several bodies, meaning like multiple people can share one soul. And I guess we see a little bit of that in modern spiritual terms when we talk about soulmates or twin flames. Some people believe that kind of route of those things. There's a little bit of a relationship there. There were other tribes that believed one person can have two souls. And others believe it's possible to have up to five souls in one body. Couldn't find any more information about that, but it's very fascinating. Most of these people's belief systems believe that the soul has a continuous journey through different incarnations. And when a person dies, their soul is reincarnated, but also a part of it stays in the spirit world. So you have like that ancestral thing going on where that soul has a part of it, but possibly that is that can stay stem from their deep, deep connection with their ancestors and a very strong sense of family. That's very common among indigenous tribes, uh, usually. Some tribes believe people could reincarnate as animals and vice versa, but not all of them. Not all of them. I think that's a pretty common belief for people to hold nowadays. Um, but again, not all of these traditions had that element. Also, it was believed by some traditions, if a person meets an untimely death or they don't finish their destined life path, that soul didn't complete its journey. Therefore, it needs to reincarnate on earth until the journey is successfully completed. So we have the idea of there being a certain lesson to be learned or role to be filled or some way, a purpose, I guess, in, a, in lack of for a better word, um, they had purpose. And, and that's something in the modern spirituality we see a lot. Now, this was very interesting to me. I couldn't find a lot of information, but um, what I found says that the Hopi tribe have very similar beliefs to Eastern religion. And they have a concept that is very much like karma. They also believe the body has energy centers like chakras, as well as a primal core energy like the Kundalini. So very similar there. Uh, I would love to learn more about that, but I don't know how or where. Specifically, Inuit people were animists pretty much across the board. And an animist is someone who believes that all things in nature, alive or inanimate, contains a spirit. And they believed in reincarnation. So, you know, with animists, a rock can have a soul or a spirit, just like a person or an animal or a plant. So logically, you could relate, since everything has a spirit reincarnation seems to be more of a realistic idea. 
They often believe that souls would reincarnate into the same family. Specifically, the caribou Inuit gave tribal children over 15 ancestral names. And this was for two reasons. One, in order to protect the child. So you have those ancestors on the other side protecting that child because the child holds their name, but also extending the life of the people who have passed, those ancestors. And many people might argue naming a child after an ancestor is not the same thing as reincarnation. But the Caribou Inuit people believe names are not just names. They have a very deep spiritual association. Some tribes of Alaska believe in cremating bodies. They believe the heat from the cremation is necessary for the soul to reincarnate. So they would cremate their loved ones. And this was usually until only the bones were left. And these people also saw bones as a very essential part of what that person's essence or core or being really was. That's, that's very sacred to them. And as animus, this would also extend to the animals that they hunted. When they hunted animals, they would use what they needed from the animal and then very carefully dispose of the bones of that animal they hunted in a respectful way, because hopefully then that animal could reincarnate itself. It was just a respectful thing that they did because of their animus beliefs. That's about all I know about Native North American tribes. Um, honestly, it was just a small, I, it was very hard to find any information online about it, which I find very sad. But there are a few books that I found on it. I read reviews and I looked and I researched and I will have a couple links in the description to these books if that's something you want to learn more about. Believe it or not, Judaism has its own kind of set of beliefs around reincarnation. If you don't know what the Kabbalah is, the Kabbalah is an ancient Jewish tradition of mystical interpretations of the Bible. It is now related to Hasidic traditions, which is the belief in these mystical texts. It is a text there are mystical practices. They interpret the Bible very mystically. It's quite interesting. It's quite the rabbit hole to go down. The Kabbalah teaches their own version of reincarnation. And the Hebrew word, I tried to pronounce it. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. It's just really bad. So you can Google it yourself. But the, the word itself means soul cycle in Hebrew. And in Kabbalistic interpretation, each Jewish soul is reincarnated until each of the 613 commandments are fulfilled. And yes, the Kabbalah teaches there are 613 commandments. So we're going to take a little side, side tangent here for a second and like talk about that because I was super interested and had to read more. So... There are 613 commandments, including positive commandments about what you should do and negative commandments about what you shouldn't do. There are 365 negative commandments, which is the same amount of days in a solar year, as we all know. 
and 248 positive commandments, which was at some time a number ascribed to the number of bones and main organs in the human body. So very human inside kind of number, very down to earth kind of number. And even today, outside of Hasidic Jews, more Orthodox Jews will agree that this belief in reincarnation is valid. So I wouldn't say every Jew you walk up to on the street is going to be like, oh yeah, reincarnation, totally. But, but they're out there. People will, they're out there. They can, they, they'll still believe in the reincarnation. So, you know, it's, it's all kind of its own thing. So talking about Orphic traditions, Orpheus, the legendary founder of Orphic traditions, had some really interesting ideas about reincarnation. He taught that the soul and the body are unequally bound together, that the soul is divine, immortal, and aspires to freedom while the body holds it prisoner. They believe that death frees the soul but re-imprisons it quickly because the cycle of birth and death never stops. So the soul continues journeying and alternating between freedom and reincarnation. If you want to look at Greek philosophers, Plato and Pythagoras and this one I'm going to try and get right, Pherocletes, those were the three main Greek uh Greek philosophers when it comes to talking about reincarnation. Pythagoras was by far the biggest influence on the belief of reincarnation, and it is believed he got the idea from the Orphic traditions that we just talked about. Pericles was the earliest, but it's said that Pythagoras was probably one of his pupils studied under him. So, Pythagoras went on to make it a big deal. So that's cool. And then we get to Christianity. And here's some, some fun little statistics for you, because I you know I always got to have them in there. Um, in 2009, 24% of American Christians said that they believe in reincarnation. And in 1981, 31% of Catholic churchmen also believed in reincarnation just like a lot for like a religion that's so i don't know the people who i know that are christian would scoff and and throw a fit if you ever <laughs> told them that reincarnation is part of the christian belief but um there's a highly awarded person he's um an episcopal priest but he wrote a book I mean, he, like I said, he's highly awarded. He's got like a million awards and he holds so many places and seats. And I couldn't even get all the information in here, but he wrote a book called Reincarnation in Christianity, a new vision of the role of rebirth in Christian thought. And in this, he is demonstrating Christianity and reincarnation are not mutually exclusive. I didn't say his name, but the guy who wrote the book about reincarnation and Christianity, his name is Geddes McGregor. 
it's a little weirdly spelled, so I might try and link that book down below in the description if any of you were interested in looking at it. Um, but yeah, Geddes McGregor. Have you ever found yourself feeling lonely or isolated in your spiritual practice? Is it hard for you to find like-minded people you can relate to and connect to? Well, let me tell you about the community Journey to Your Soul. This is an online community for people into spirituality, but not just your normal love and light, unauthentic, everyday bullshit. This is a group that includes a chat, a post feed, and scheduled Zoom meetings on a regular basis. And we talk about psychic gifts, energy healing, mediumship, Star seeds, light workers, tarot readings, oracle readings, and anything else in the spiritual realm. Here's a quote about Journey to Your Soul from the leader, Barbie. This is a place about helping each other through their spiritual journey to finding God consciousness. To know that we're here and no one has to go it alone. Personally, this group has helped me so much to grow my psychic gifts, and I've even brought in new abilities such as connecting with other spirit guides and ancestors. I don't live in an area with very many spiritual people, and this community has given me a place to be my authentic self and get advice and even close friendships. I highly encourage you to check it out and become a member of Journey to Your Soul. Check out the link below in the description. Now back to the podcast. And Gnosticism has its own belief in reincarnation. Many Gnostic groups believe in reincarnation, but for them, reincarnation was a negative concept. They believe that the material body is evil and it's best if they could eventually avoid having their good souls reincarnated into evil bodies, I guess. Okay, so let's talk about modern research for reincarnation. Psychiatrist Ian Stevenson conducted over 2,500 case studies on children that remembered a past life over the course of like 40 years, um, his work taking course over 40 years, not the children. Um, he, he published 12 different books documenting the children's statements, even identifying the deceased person that the child remembered being, and then verifying the deceased person with the statements that the child gave. And like birthmarks and things, birth defects were a part of it. They found that they coincided with wounds on the deceased person's body at the time of autopsy, which, you know, is really weird and like very convincing if that's true. Um, so interesting there. But his research was heavily criticized by a lot of people because it was done in societies that were already commonly, it was common to believe in reincarnation. It wasn't everybody believed in it, but it was common and people talked about it and it wasn't a totally foreign or strange or taboo kind of topic in that area. And then in India specifically, there's a woman and I'm going to try and say her name. I'm going to butcher it, but it's Satwant Pasricha is 
I, I'm sorry for butchering that, but she is a professor of psychology and pretty much the authority on scientific studies regarding reincarnation currently. She studied under Ian Stevenson and uses similar methods, but she, in particular, she documented what is called xenoglossy, which is speaking a different language without having learned it normally. So meaning she's talked with children, met children who can speak a different language, but they have no reason for knowing or like any kind of teaching of that language. Also spirit possession is something that she has documented. And specifically that is when a spirit possesses a child without the spirit ever being someone known to the family. So it's not necessarily, it's it specifically not someone that the family knew at all. It's just the child is now possessed by that spirit. I don't like the word possession or possessed. I think that that's a little bit of a fear mongering word. I would probably call it channeling if we're going to be truthful. And, and that may be a little woo-woo for some of you guys. It may be a little mm, uh, whatever. But honestly, just channeling. there You can bring a spirit into your body accidentally or on purpose, I guess, if you're channeling fully. Um, and we all know that children are more connected to spiritual and psychic gifts. Um, or, you know, that's what people say. So it makes sense to me that that might happen. But the whole, that whole like modern study where they've done all that, even though it was in India and in societies who believe in reincarnation, I think it still has a big, big, I don't know, it's a big impact. It's very, very interesting just to, to me at least. Now talking about modern belief, um, when we look at spirituality, you know, the thing that we're kind of about here, um, <laughs> most spiritual teachings kind of just accept that reincarnation can or is a thing that happens. Um, usually in, in modern spirituality, it's thought to be a process of like purifying and cleansing the soul to gain wisdom so the soul can come out of the cycle of death and rebirth. And, and as this being the first time we're talking about reincarnation, I won't get into the whole, you know, we are in this dimension and we're trying to ascend to the fifth dimension or whatever, you know, we're, I'll leave that stuff out. We'll get there eventually one day. My friends point is to finish your journey. That's something that I didn't really find, um, written anywhere. Just my personal belief there's a journey and there are lessons to learn and it is a way to purify the soul or to fully experience the things that your soul was meant to experience. And um, that soul might have to take multiple lives to do that. They usually do have to take multiple lives to do that. And that's why we have old souls and that's why we have all those things. So that's just my personal take on things like that. There's also a spiritualist who is quite controversial named Osho, and you can do your own research on him. That, uh, that's a rabbit hole for sure. But 
um, we're going to look at his ideas of reincarnation since he's in the modern sphere. He believed that we are consciousness localized in a body. Okay, still on board so far. I am. Our memories are energy and energy cannot be destroyed even with death. Okay, memories, sure. I, I, nah, okay. When you die, your memories go into the cosmos and dissolve. Weird, but okay. This energy of, of all of your memories collects and enters a new womb. So when a person is born, there are bits of memory present from many different people. So generally, those memories can't be accessed, although there is the occasional exception where a person gets all the memories of one particular person that passed away. And then, you know, they can remember that life even though it was not theirs. <laughs> so all of that to say, essentially, no one is quote, born again. It's just memories from, from souls that have already passed. A little weird, a little weird that one, but we'll leave that there. <laughs> now, Scientology says people on earth, <sighs> I know, I know, Scientology, here we go. Scientology believes that people on earth have been brainwashed. Um, they're brainwashed into believing that they can't exist without a physical body. And that results in a fear of death and a compulsive need to reincarnate immediately after death. Like their idea is that, you know, we, we believe that our soul is not attached to our body. Like it can't live without a body. And so when we die, our soul has to like, it's a little confusing to me. Like your fear of death in life makes your soul compulsively reincarnate right away. And they think that this is a very big um, source of misery, like just a terrible, terrible thing that people are brainwashed into believing. And I would like to argue that most people probably, I would guess, don't believe that the soul can't exist without a physical body. You know, let's just Christianity. They believe that their body will die, but their soul will go to heaven. Spiritually, I believe that I will die and my soul will go to the universe, the collective, whatever, and then possibly reincarnate, possibly just like chill up there. You know, my beliefs aren't stapled down. I like to be a little more loose with my beliefs, but, but I don't know a lot of people besides just regular atheists who are just like, oh, no, no, you don't you don't exist without a physical body. So that's a weird belief to me. <laughs> also, I want to kind of bring in the point that a belief in reincarnation really doesn't exclude the ideas of heaven or hell. Those things can exist together. And we talked about this a little bit in the Christianity section, but I'm going to get a little more detailed here. You probably have heard about, there have been books and movies and all sorts of things based on true events or whatever, where there are uh, stories by small children. There are stories from uh, young, young children who remember past lives prior to their present life. 
And with this, a lot of them, some of them also report being able to recall a time in between, between when their past life ended and their new life began. I didn't write this down in my notes or anything, but also I've heard of that occurring with also a memory of being in the womb. That's just for fun facts. That doesn't have to do with reincarnation, but there are people who can remember being in the womb and what that was like. Strange, but research it if you're interested. It's very interesting to me. So back to the children who remember their past lives. In these cases, um, when the children do remember, they sometimes will report being in between, like we said, but they also report being in a place like heaven between lives. And sometimes they describe a choice, like a degree of choice, being given a choice as to whether or not and when to be reborn. And some children will even say they got to pick their parents. So it's very interesting that it would line up with a Christianity belief there of being in heaven and what that would look like. So all that to say, you can be a Christian and still believe in reincarnation. Heaven and hell can exist with the idea of reincarnation. Reincarnation is also a common belief in modern neo-paganism and New Age beliefs. There are actually tons of people today in, in the world we live in right now that can remember their past lives. And they use that knowledge to help them with their current life. Some people, this knowledge uh, just comes to them. You know, uh, sometimes it's effortlessly, just totally naturally it comes to them. I know people personally where it comes in flashes. They have like flashbacks, but like to another life. I've heard it coming in dreams for people. They dream and they they really just have like a deep inner knowing. You know, it's a bit of a trusting your intuition, that clear cognizance. You know, you can kind of tell when it's a message from the universe rather than just a weird dream. So I'll throw that out there. Um, but there are also some people who need guidance. They can't remember on their own, um, but there are things out there methods to be able to remember their your past lives if you're one of those people who it doesn't come naturally to. There are things like past life therapists, past life regressionists. It can be done with hypnosis or just off of psychic ability. I've had actually really recently, I didn't plan on talking about this because when I wrote the notes for this episode, this event had not happened yet. So it's kind of funny that this would come up. But really the first time I've ever learned anything about any of my past lives, a uh, person that I didn't know very well was, you know, kind of a reading situation where we were Zoom calling and just you know, having a conversation. She asked me if I had a fear of water, which is a strange fear to have. I mean, I suppose a fear of the ocean is kind of common, a fear of boating and being like way out in deep, deep water is common. But I, I mean, to explain to you, I used to have a phobia of water being on my skin, clothing, and hair. 
very much a phobia. Raining outside, I would try to always keep an umbrella around, but, but, you know, I, I sometimes would have full on panic attacks because I would have to walk through the rain to get to work. And then I'm sitting there and my shirt is wet and my arms are wet. My hair is wet and I can't get it off of me. And I don't know why, but that is terrifying to me. It feels horrible. It's the worst feeling in the world. And I've worked on that. I've, I've gotten to the point now that I can, I can deal with it. I can deal with it. The panic attacks don't happen anymore, but it is still a very uncomfortable feeling. I get really grouchy or really emotional sometimes when I'm, I'm sitting there with a wet shirt. It makes showering really hard. In the shower is fine, but once I'm out, I want all of that water off of me immediately. Showering for me is is like, oh, this is nice, and then I'm gr- I'm just really grumpy afterwards. Side tangent, but a witch, I think it was, and I I was not I was seen as an outsider. I was seen as like lesser than by the people I was living in the town or village or whatever with. She said she could see me in an older, very um very much like older, old fashioned, but we're talking like medieval kind of period, um, clothing and people throwing holy water on me, just bowls or, you know, spritz or buckets, different levels of what they called holy water on me to make me not a witch anymore, I guess. But she kind of insinuated that it was not holy water in some cases, and it was done maliciously, something gross or whatever. And she said that imprint, that fear of being around people because of the water, the the trauma it caused me in that lifetime, uh, the water being on my hair and my skin and my clothes carried over into this life. And that's the closest thing I've ever had as an explanation for why the hell I feel that way. Like, why the fuck do I feel that way? It was a, and then if you want to get real, real technical with it, I didn't start having that fear. Like I, I was a kid that used to play in the rain, like used to run around and like dance in the rain in my backyard. But as a young adult, maybe around 19, 20 or 21, maybe I developed this phobia and that also coincides with when I decided to pick up spirituality and, and become a more spiritual person. So there you go. That's my personal story. <laughs> so like I said, a lot of people don't remember their past lives very easily. And you can always go to a past life regressionist or a past life therapist Um I don't feel the need to do an interview about what that's like because there are lots of podcasts, lots of YouTube videos about what that looks like. And I feel like I would just be echoing all the same things that everyone else has already said. But I suppose if anybody's interested in getting connected with one of my friends that uh, does those things, um, just shoot me an email comment on the episode, whatever you need. Um, I will, I will make that happen for you. Um, that would be wonderful. 
Anyways, with this belief of reincarnation, many people also believe in what's called a soul family or a soul group. And this is a group of souls that tend to reincarnate around each other and around the same time. Not always the same time, but usually. And they will take different roles in every reincarnation. And and it's done in order to help a person or all of the people advance spiritually by teaching predetermined lessons, you know, things that they decided on in the ether or when they were deciding to reincarnate, it, it would be like, okay, last reincarnation, you were my daughter. So this reincarnation, I'm going to be your uncle and you'll be, you know, a boy this time or a girl this time or non-binary this time. And you're going to have to be this race and you're going to learn this lesson. And like all of those things are, that gets into things like a soul contract, which is another episode I want to do to really get into what what are soul contracts and that kind of thing. But it's called a soul contract where you all decide the the souls that are in a group or a family, you decide, you kind of sign a contract and just live out life the way it happens. And sometimes you learn those lessons and sometimes you don't. And then you reincarnate to learn a new lesson or to try and learn the same lesson again. It's just kind of a belief that a lot of people have. I found a nice description, a good explanation as to why this may happen. And then I also have a version that I kind of myself have picked up. So the first explanation is kind of believing that we are all splinters of the divine. We're just little little chunks of the divine or spirit or God or whatever it is. We are pieces of that that higher being and we are just put here to experience this in an attempt to give the divine or god or spirit or the universe whatever you believe in to kind of do the life and then you know when we pass away go back and report what our life was to these you know to the uh whatever you believe in Another version of this is, since we are all pieces of the divine, I believe I'll get a little woo-woo here, a little more, we're already woo-woo, but I'll get a little deeper here. I believe that energy, life energy, the energy that exists in us that gives us life, you know, we all have souls, but they carry energy, they, they carry life energy. And I believe that that life energy comes from the universe or the divine, whatever you want to call it. We are all just little bits. You know, we have that deep inside us, a little piece of the divine or source or the universe or God. It's in us. And that is taught in a lot of traditions. Uh, Like we were created in God's image. You know, that was something I heard all the time growing up. Um, Yeah, In Christianity, you could say God put a little bit of himself into Adam and Eve and blah, blah, blah. But this is not that far off from many traditions. But um, my point, since we're all pieces of the divine, that's what I'm going to call it for now, that part of us, the divine, wants to experience life on earth because it cannot incarnate. Whatever it is, 
it's kind of just like it, it's not a soul it's just a big i don't even know how to explain it it's it's the divine the source um the universe you know it can't become a human but becoming a human is a very interesting experience and to have all of the emotions that we have and experience all the different things that we could possibly experience that divine force wants to experience life on earth so we are all playing out according to our soul contracts and our free will and our lessons that we're learning and with karma we are playing out what it is like to be a human so that the divine can see that and experience that through us just in an infinite number of ways and times and and all of that so that's a little closer to what i believe but i like also the other kinds of of ideas there are and if you have a different experience or a different explanation or a better explanation of what reincarnation entails or these last couple beliefs i talked about with being pieces of the divine if you have something different i want you to share with me please share with me send me a voice message send me uh, a comment in the how did you like this episode section on spotify and there are, i'm not on apple podcast yet but we're getting there we're, we're getting there that's going to happen soon but you can go to my email address you know i'll again put that in the description like i always do go to that email address tell me share with me i would love to learn more i would love to hear a different experience and if you have that that knowledge and you feel called to share please do i would be thrilled and uh you know with your permission i could even share that on our next podcast and i think that would be wonderful and that's the end of the podcast for today thank you very much for tuning in below in the description there will be further readings about uh, the native tribes of North America and their beliefs on reincarnation. I found a very good website with lots of information for you guys. And I, I have that link in the description for you. And then the book about Christianity and reincarnation, I went ahead and found that link on Amazon and I will share that with you guys below. Like I said, I have a website launching soon. I would really hope that by the time this podcast is published, it would be ready. And if it is, there will be a link to it in the description. But like I said, I'm going to be doing tarot readings and dream interpretation and uh, exploration is what I'm calling it. But it's, it's a little bit of tarot, but mostly connecting you with your spirit guides or your ancestors. Um, one of those two things spiritually energetically connecting and bringing you messages or sending messages to them so a little explanation of what all that is and i really hope that's something that helps people and and that's why i'm doing it so if if the website is not up and you are feeling like oh my god i have to do this right now <laughs> you can email me that's fine i have an email thing set up where I'll see it and get right back to you and it'll be great. It'll be great. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was fun for me to be able to learn more about 
the history of reincarnation. You guys know I'm kind of a, I say psychology and spirituality, but we cover a lot of history here. I'm just the kind of person who believes that you can't, you can't really know a thing until you know how it started. <laughs> so apologies. I'll blame my mother for that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. And I want you all to be kind. I want you all to be well. And may your curiosities for this world never fade.